Yeah, I was just saying that uh, the, those those first orders might be might be me because I did order stickers and and a shirt for myself. Uh, well, no, somebody else like posted on the Facebook on the Dead Zone Podcast Facebook group that they ordered a shirt. Sweet. Sweet, yeah. Sweet, sweet. Yes, the merch must flow, and I have ideas for for other things like cool the 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 variety of, of stuff um, uh, available on there is is kind of fun. Um, like I said, I get a deck. I of want cards. the deck of cards. <laughs> <laughs> I so want that deck of cards. And man, that logo just looks so clean. It does. So crisp and clean. I still can't believe he did that for us. Yeah. Like, it was like an hour. <laughs> like, talking to him and all of a sudden, it's like, well, what do you guys have? And I'm like, well, this. Oh, well, give me a minute. And he shoots that back to me. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, um, have fun with it. All right. Well, the uh, I think that's that's enough gushing about uh, the logo and the things that we've, we've now planted it on. Welcome to Dead Zone, the podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Rick. Welcome to the Dead Zone podcast. Dead Zone is the sci-fi table top And so, so we have an interesting uh, episode being recorded today. It's a different way to record it. I mean, so apparently, like, this is the most busiest time of the year for me, apparently now. Yeah. <laughs> um, on top of work, like we all have, so much with sports and my daughter being added to the honor society and congratulations congratulations (laughs) thank you very much um i do love that so this episode is going to go live um like the midpoint of the dead zone world campaign yes so that started as of recording so it started this week (laughs) yeah um and and forces are running away with it ha 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 (laughs) your little revs aren't doing so good (laughs) <laughs> they, they're doing all right. It, it's it's been like I don't even think we've seen day two's results yet. So no, not yet. <laughs> As of this recording. Uh, so and this this will also go live. Uh, actually, so the second part of our interview will actually be on the day that I'm doing a campaign day at Evolution Games. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we are Just, we are. We are going to be deep entrenched in the the Dead Zone summer campaign, which is a super exciting time. Yes. Uh, for those unfamiliar, we've talked about it a little bit uh, previously on the show, but uh, this is this isn't the first uh, Dead Zone campaign per se, a uh, global one, but um, it is the second. Yeah, it's it's the second one, and uh, it's it's been a little bit since since that first one. Um, and it's so, been like four years. It's was it two? It's been more than two years. Math is hard, guys. Yeah, uh, it, it I was think it's three or four. Because that was was outbreak. It was outbreak, and Star Saga just came out. 
Mm, yeah. So, so it's it's been a hot minute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be sure. Um, and and there there are lots. It, it's very safe to say, especially with third edition coming out, we got a lot of new people that have not experienced this before. Yes. Uh, and so and they're going to have a blast with it. Yes. the The global campaign, as it is, is a um, is, is an event that's run. Uh, kind of thankfully this time it's it's run about a month in length. Um, yep. They, they've played around with different uh, lengths uh, in the past, such as like doing it all one week. And, <laughs> that would have been nuts. Um, and uh, and so this time around, what they they decided they they've spread it out over the course of a month, and to kind of help uh, make it easy for new players to join as well as um, veterans of Old the game. Players, yeah. They uh, they they've made it so that the uh, the effects of the the. Campaign. So this is all taking place on a planet called Magnetar, in Magnetar City, which is a continent-spanning city uh, that has a, a variety of different locations. Uh, the the story as it goes is that uh, the Veermen are actually the the inciting incident. Uh, is that <laughs> they they've just kind of burst out from from beneath the city and are. Oh my god. <laughs> you are not having much luck, are you? No, not really. Is it notifications or something? I probably. Hmm. But well, like this is never so usually usually when we do this, I use my tablet. Ah. Uh, for Skype. <laughs> I'm not interrupted by anything else. Yeah. But unfortunately because all our time frame is working, it's like this is all I can do. It's okay. So you're gonna have to do editing on this one. <laughs> might might be a little editing. We'll we'll, we'll make it work. Um, yeah. But uh, so I left off is that the the Veermen are are bursting out of the the underground uh, of Magnetar. Yes, indeed. And uh, that is uh, the the incident that that ultimately brings down the Council's hammer and saying that uh, containment protocol is in effect. Uh, no one, no one gets in or out. And bring in the enforcers. <laughs> and um, and so there's uh, there there's a lot to lot going on. So the basically uh, what's going to happen is different areas of this city are going to unlock over the course of the campaign. Uh, there'll be two live by the time this episode airs, and we have some information about uh, you know each each of those incidents for you. And there'll yep. be about two more. Uh, following so uh, you know if you're catching this as as it airs uh, exciting stuff uh, that there and there's more to come uh, and oh, so, yeah. so the the first district that that opened up is the entertainment district uh, and the the idea being is that you can play uh, any size of game so you can do 100 points 100 all the way up to 200 300 if you really wanted to go wild yeah <laughs> and uh, so you can play any size and you can play any scenario which is another yep. uh, really nice benefit um, and so the the setting uh, how it kind of manifests is that within each one of these districts there will be a little extra uh, event or or thing that comes into play so in the entertainment district, you have the high value asset special rule. 
<laughs> and, and to give you guys an idea, again, this is this is public by now. Um, yes. Is that the, at the end of round one, uh, you basically place a scavenger character on the board, a little NPC, if you will. Uh, you you randomly place him uh, based on you know just like placing an item, and you just kind of re-roll if he lands in a queue with somebody. Um, but essentially, uh, this this is a little character that's on the field then, and uh, the first player that uh, goes and fights them. Uh, so so basically, this isn't somebody you you shoot and kill uh, necessarily. You want to capture this guy because he's been stealing and, and getting all sorts of loot uh, in this very very affluent uh, area. Yeah, because he's a stinking reb. <laughs> you you cannot confirm or deny that. Oh, uh, I can totally confirm it. In, Council in, of Seven, it's confirmed. In my <laughs> game, the Rebs were fighting the GCPS in this area, and a Veerman came out uh, with a whole, you know, a whole sack of loot uh, across his back. Um, well, that's fair. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. All right, I'll give you that. And so, so the goal is to subdue this uh, this character, and uh, by defeating them in a fight test. Uh, the fight test being as long as you get more successes than them, uh, you capture them, and that nets you four VPs right out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, so it's a great way to, uh, you know, th- really can, can swing. Four VPs is pretty huge for somebody you just have to beat by one dice in a fight test. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. You know, that's taking out a strider. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so, so it's it's definitely super high value if you can if you can be the player that captures this guy. Um, yep. And so, so that's that's the entertainment district, and these these areas will be open the entire campaign, so you can continue to fight over them. And uh, basically, you record the results. Uh, you're you're looking at um, you know the point level that you were playing at. Uh, the you know essentially just who who won is kind of the goal who each faction was playing, and uh, and that ultimately feeds into a, a database that they've got running that is tracking these uh, these wins and losses, and whoever wins the most by the end of the campaign will have taken control of that district, um, and in a lot of ways this. Uh, with with Mantic's universe being a, as it is, it's v- still very much in flux and growing and and oh yeah uh, and evolving as it were, and uh, and and so like the results of this campaign will have uh, a direct lasting impact on on the state of the universe going forward. Um, so it's not it's not preset or anything like that. It isn't already locked in that enforcers are gonna win. Or, or anything. <laughs> See, that's what happened when you attack in Magnetar. The alarms go off. The alarms go off. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, the second week here, when this episode airs, uh, week two, we we have the Mazon testing facility becomes unlocked. <laughs> and in this scenario, uh, the the. A uh, special rule going on is that there are escape test subjects, uh, and this this kind of pulls a little bit from uh, the the solo play zombie rules. Um, yep. Is that uh, you you roll to see? I believe it's at the end of round one. Uh, you roll to see if um, 
uh, basically plague victims are generated on the field and they come off kind of from the edges. And then at the beginning before of a new round, before each player takes their turns, uh, the zombies get their turn. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> the plague victims get to attack. And it's, um, it's pretty straightforward. It's really simple AI because it is just, you know, I, it goes after the, the closest thing it can attack. Artificial stupid. Yep. And, uh, and you know, shenanigans ensue from there. So that, that but the thing is, too. you got to remember, though, you got to remember, plague victims are not zombies. So you do have to be careful. Yes, they they are some nasty, nasty boys. And uh, but yeah, so uh, like Rick had said, is that uh, <laughs> enforcers have come out pretty strong out of the gate. Uh, after after the first day of recording results. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> so so obviously, so this is going to be halfway through it, right? Yeah. When we go live. So we don't know what's going to happen, no. but I'm really curious. Who do you think is going to be on top? You know, it's, it's kind of tough to say, uh, especially at this point. Obviously, obviously, uh, I'm cheering for the Rebs. Of course you are. Uh, I even made a poster. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I have a version of it that you can print to put in, oh boy. in the field. Uh, in fact, I recorded uh, – just take look little pictures. I did a, my, yep. my first round of the campaign as unfortunately a solo round uh, just because everyone's busy on a Monday. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, but I wanted to, to – you know, participate. Sure. And, uh, and so I, I, I added like, I think four posters, uh, to, to my <laughs> existing scenery. And if, uh, if you look closely at the pictures I posted, you can, you can see them on there, uh, the free, uh-huh. uh, posters. Uh, so, yeah. so the Rebs definitely have my, my vote as far as, uh, you know, who I think uh, could really pull this off. But, uh, you know, with 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 firefight, I'm just I'm just looking at the landscape. We might have more players of some of the other factions. Um, it's possible. I think I think Marauders are going to have a really strong showing because uh, I think a lot of people are going to want to get their new toys on the field. Well, yeah. Uh, so you're you think it's gonna be Marauders, huh? I think so. <laughs> they're and and you know ultimately they're they're part of the rebellion in their own way. No, they created the rebellion. <laughs> That's part of it. Well, what do you what do you think, Rick? Who do you think is gonna... actually? I think the Ford Fathers are gonna sweep in. Yeah, you think so? Yep. I have a feeling. Now, amusingly enough, I'm not gonna be playing Ford Fathers. <laughs> But I, I really think that the Forge Fathers are going to be kind of that sleeper. Mm. So obviously we'll see when this goes live. Yeah. I'm track of it very much so. But yeah, I think I think it's going to be them Forge Fathers. That'd be really sweet. Like the the Forge Fathers, as it as it stands again after the results of day one, uh, I think they they were a little bit more on the downturn. They, they played a lot. That's, that's kind of the thing is that there was a lot of people playing forge fathers, but they didn't have as many wins with them. Um, yeah. And it's kind of the, the inverse on the enforcer side is a lot of people were playing enforcers and they had a lot of wins with those results. 
Um, I think Maison and Nameless are, are kind of the... They might be the dark horses. There's not many people playing as them, not many results coming in for those factions yet. But, um, you know, I, it, I, I, again, we're talking day one results. Uh, well, we still yeah. have a whole month of, of gaming that's going to be going on and a lot of events to uh, to kind of take in those results. So, uh, and, and Dead Zone is, is such that, like, so many of the factions like really have their own strengths um, that they can play to it it really can be anyone's game uh, as long as you know you got people playing the factions um, yeah so so yeah I'm I'm personally like if I if I keep doing the solo games I'm probably gonna shake up the rosters that I've got I won't just sure. play Rebs um, I, I did Rebs versus GCPS and I won't lie like it was I was we kind of using our own uh, AI rules, which is you kind of randomly pick who's who's going on, yep. on the um, the bots side, so to speak, and uh, you know you're using all the command dice, um, you know immediately as as if applicable, and uh, I won't lie, like the first uh, round, uh, I think the Rebs lo- I lost three guys on the Rebs side, and uh, so I, you're G- I, your GCPS was the AI. Yeah, the GCPS was okay. the AI, and uh, and <laughs> and they were just shrugging off all the the hits. Like I I didn't take anybody out uh, on the GCPS side in the first round. Then there was a big swing <laughs> in the second, yeah. and, uh, and and especially netting the uh, the four points uh, there definitely definitely helped swing things. Also, I, would, I would be curious to see how the AI works with the Rebs, like playing that those same two lists. Yeah, kind of doing that second mission with both those factions, but switching the AI to the Rebs to see how that plays out. I definitely do that. I'll I'll do that, and uh, and then I do have like I've got Maison Labs. Um, I'll, I'll see about giving them a little showing, giving them some love so they get on the board a little bit more. And, uh, and then I, I do have enforcers. <laughs> and I think Forge everybody Fathers. has enforcers. I got enforcers, Forge Fathers, and I do have at least 150 points of Marauders put together. Uh, all right, kind, all right. I can only do one list is kind of the downside because I only have oh. that 150. But, um, you know, it's also uh, the precedent to get more painted, ultimately. Yes. Hey there, I'm Brian. And I'm Rick. This is Blaine. You are listening to Dead Zone, the podcast. Keep listening for more excellent material from these two amazing men. Blaine, out. So so the cool thing is, like, so not only do we have this huge Dead Zone campaign going on, but there's been this amazing push on social media and all of the fanatic sites on Firefight Second Edition, mm-hmm. which which is great because that's also being able to be played with the campaign itself. And the end of the campaign is going to be this huge firefight th- event. Yeah. 
So so the the campaign is kind of ultimately building towards a, a giant climax that is going to take place in Firefight. Um, and uh, so that that's where I'm like, you know, it'd be really cool if the Rebs could be like uh, uh, an auxiliary force that the Marauders could bring. <laughs> I would totally I would totally play a firefight game with you using Marauders and Rebs. Right. I would play that. And destroy it because I play enforcers. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're you're absolutely right about the the community uh, just kind of exploding. Like we keep hearing, you know, people are posting their uh, their their painted list. Uh, it's always fun when you see people like, "Hey, my box has arrived! I'm so excited!" Um, and it, it's also great hearing just people um, kind of repeatedly saying, "It's hey, I checked out." Like I, I played a, a test game. I've checked out the rules. I love how Firefight plays. I love how clean yeah. it is, how fast it is. Um, it's it's very straightforward, and it it's just so refreshing uh, to hear. I know, I know. We've talked about previously, like how first edition of Firefight uh, didn't quite get the same reception, and so to yeah. really kind of see that that turned around where where that, that effort to revitalize this game has, has been really paying off, I think. And it, it, so myself, I actually got I got a game in with Michael, friend of the show, mm-hmm. um, and we had a blast playing it. It took us about it took us about two hours to play, and it was a small game. But of course, you're learning the rules. But like after that first turn, it just started clicking, just like playing Dead Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's smooth and it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I'm excited to keep playing it. Uh, I actually have an event coming up on the 28th. So literally right around the time of the release of this episode, I will be at evolution playing firefight. And I will be there too. Yay. Yay. I got permission. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. But, uh, so, so what, what factions are you going to be playing today? (laughs) Um, so I will have Forge Fathers, Enforcers, Veermen, and Plague. Very nice. Painted and ready to go. I'm going to try and have my Marauders done, um, as I have the new Marauders. And I've got the list built and the models built. I I don't know if I'm going to be able to have them painted, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) And what was what was the point uh, level that we're we're playing at? Six hundred points. Okay. Uh, so the reason why I went with six hundred points is so you can dabble a little bit in everything, um, which brings only one leader, so you don't have a lot of command points, but you still mm-hmm. have some command points to play with, and it's a few units and also some vehicles thrown in there. Uh, yeah. So six hundred points gives you about. Between, depending on what faction you're playing, between five and seven drops, i.e. Okay. units uh, or individuals. Sure. Yeah, I think I think that's a good a good starting point. Yeah. I ne- I personally need. I haven't played since the the beta rules. The betas. Yeah. Um, and I I know I think I was talking talking to you uh, separately before like putting together lists uh, for for demos and stuff. Uh, like, when I started seeing the, the, the... 
in the beta list, there was a bit of a disconnect between abilities and uh, the units, just just because of the how things were formatted. Uh, yeah, which which made for easeability or you know ease of use with testing, um, but but presentation wise, uh, it it made for some things to be disconnected. And but I will say like using the Easy Army Builder, and like actually seeing is like okay this unit has these abilities and I've got the descriptions down below. Oh, okay. So this is this is what <laughs> yep. makes this a huge advantage. You know, th- this is how I can, you know, uh, you know, this is how snipers work within this unit. This is how. Um, uh, it's not. I don't, I don't think they have aerial deployment, but they, you know, they got a lot of different abilities. Uh, with GCPS is is the faction I'm I'm starting with. I technically yeah. have enough for Forge Fathers. Um, and maybe a small list for enforcers, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, I, I'm I'm excited to to try it out again, and uh, and kind of go from there. So it's it's uh it is, it's an exciting time. It is very exciting, and of course this is a like obviously I'm gonna plug it because we're talking about Death on and Firefight. Uh, this is a great for the Michigan GT as well. Because mm-hmm. both games will be there. Yeah, yeah, we 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 took a poll, <laughs> and it was you know we had room for one more uh, one more game at the GT. We had we had uh, Kings of War, Armada, and Dead Zone, and uh, you know, with with as many people as we have right now planned from Mantic to be there, uh, we had room for one more game, and so we put it out and said you know who you know what game do you guys want to see? And uh, and firefight uh, definitely took the cake there. Firefight took it. And, yeah. Um, and so hoping that most of the people that voted are actually going to be there. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's just kind of people voting on something that they won't be participating <laughs> in, and it kind of skews yep, the exactly. results of it. But um, but no, I I think uh, we set that game for a thousand points. Uh, it'll be it'll be the first one uh, right on first tournament that I'll probably run of of that. No, I'm obviously planning to get some games in, uh, so so it'll it might well, still sure. be a bit of a learning curve at that point because we're we're looking at that's in the very first weekend of October, like the last day of yep. September, September 30th through October 2nd. Yeah, and so uh, so we've got a little bit of time. We got about four months. <laughs> Yep. Uh, to to learn the game and get good, as they say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think it'll be a, a blast. I think there's there's a lot to love in Firefight. Uh, I'm so excited to get these uh, these vehicles on the board. Uh, it's been something oh, that yeah. for me has been missing from the the setting for so long. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm just excited to play and. You know, keeping keeping Dead Zone uh, going in the meantime, with with all sorts of uh, projects and things there. Because uh, <laughs> so. we never run out of projects for that. No, no, we really don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like like a recent a new addition to my my project list is to kind of help out a local game shop by by printing off a lot of the um, by three D printing a lot of the the Tyco starport uh terrain right on 
and uh, to to you know basically like leave a mat there, leave some leave some terrain uh, so that people can can play dead zone at their leisure. Um, That's great. The, and we should have, and we should actually have the full uh, Psycho Support SDLs here pretty soon too. Yeah, by the by the time this airs, uh, those those I believe should be posted. I think they were expecting to release in May. Yep. And uh, and after a, a fairly, I think they, I think he hit every single stretch goal. That he, he did put in place. Uh, so there's some exciting yeah. exciting things coming for 3D printers out there. Yes. Uh, but with that, I got a bounce for today. Yep. And so we. Will. we we will we will pick this up at the end of the commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, talk to you later, Rick. Bye. 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 Hey. It's Community Pat, and you're listening to Dead Zone the Podcast 2.0 with Rick and Brian. Rick and Brian. What happened to the other two yahoos? Why are you wasting my time with you guys? I don't even know who these guys are. Dead Zone 2.0. This is stupid. Well, welcome back. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> Why is it on speaker? Why am Why I on speaker? It shouldn't be on speaker. It's being a punk. I need everybody to know that I am on the call with Rick. Yeah, I... Why is it on speaker? How do I turn it off as speaker? That is a good question. What the French toast? Speaker off. How about now? That works. Hey, there we are. We're back. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> After a while, that, that commercial break feels like it lasted a full 24 hours. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I think it did. But, uh, but yeah, so we're we're back. Uh, to continue talking about all good things that are going on in the Warpath universe. Uh, yes. And so thought it would be a good opportunity to talk a little bit more about what we've been doing hobby-wise. Now, I remember last episode, uh, <laughs> I didn't leave much room for Rick to talk about what he'd been working on. So, Rick, you get to you go ahead. I get, I get to go ahead? Yes. Um, so actually, so I've been working almost exclusively on firefight lists. Yeah. Uh, I finished painting up my enforcers, uh, and then I finished my uh, Forge Fathers with a little bit of green and some orange. Had a lot of fun painting them. Mm-hmm. Um, I am presently working on finishing my plague lists. I've got one vehicle left to finish for them and two murder birds. Wow. And then I'm going to try, I'm going to (laughs) try no promises. I'm going to try and get my Veerman done as well. Very nice. You've been very productive. Like a week and a half. (laughs) That is. So when this goes, yeah. Yeah. When this goes live, I will be playing those firefight lists. So I kind of need to have them painted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, it's, it's crazy that that's kind of the big transition. I think for, for a lot of players that have been playing dead zone is to kind of, you know, bump up that model count now by a big way. Uh, for some, for some factions, it's about like a factor of four almost. Uh, yeah. 
So well, and it's also like you've got this list that you've been playing in Dead Zone for a while that you painted a year or two ago for X tournament. Now it's firefight. So do you add on to that list and redo that paint scheme, or do you go a whole different route? Mm. I'm not really sure why I went a whole different route, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that definitely has its advantage too, because then you can you can either practice new techniques or new color combinations, just do something yes. fun. Um, I know for for my own part, I've been working on uh, getting my GCPS ready for Woo-hoo. a firefight. Woo-hoo. Go GCPS. Ooh, go GCPS. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't have the same ring. No, no. I like the, the you know, it's a good day to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to live forever? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, but yeah, so that was that was something that uh, I wound up doing is is continuing this, this scheme that I put together for my GCPS, which looking back, like, I think about that. I think I painted my original GCPS almost three years ago yeah because for, for those keeping track at home i was i was still living in east lansing at the time yep you sure were um, <laughs> when i painted them and uh and it was kind of funny because like now i have new paints and everything <laughs> so it's like okay i i went from my old uh you know my my very cheap method of using uh you know the the squeeze tube acrylic paints you can get at a you know a, a general store like Meyer or Walmart Meyer Walmart yep yeah and uh and then my my wash at the time uh predates null oil for me uh I was using like black with soapy water <laughs> oh okay um I've seen a, I've seen a lot of hobby videos actually on YouTube about making your own washes and doing that with the soap yeah and it, it it worked out all right, um, and uh, but now kind of going back through because I, I and I've been doing some some big painting projects uh, since the start of the year actually I've, yeah. I've got a Northern Alliance force that is slowly uh, coming together. <laughs> um, I, I think I need to. I was uh, been listening to friends of the show Hobby Knockout on an episode they aired probably years ago at this point on uh you know what do you do against uh you know paint burnout and uh and one of the things they they suggested and i think i need to do is is put away the models clear up the hobby space and then just take out what you're going to work on for that day yeah that's um that's actually kind of what i've done yeah with the whole transition of bringing all my paints and kind of doing my whole paint studio upstairs with the printers now Mm mm-hmm like everything stays downstairs unless it's the models I'm painting. Nice. That's a good way to do like, it. Yeah. It, I think it gives you a little bit more uh, encouragement to go. Mm-hmm. Cause like all of my gaming stuff is downstairs. So I don't have any like model. I don't have any plastic sitting around unpainted. Right. Except for what I'm presently working on. Yeah. I've, if you've seen pictures of my hobby space, I have like the entirety of my Northern Alliance force. Yes. Uh, just kind of scattered about, and it's the the mindset was to pick away at them as I work on other stuff. Sure. Um, but uh, no, I, I it hasn't been uh, proving as effective as I had hoped. So 
Uh, I'm gonna gonna walk that back, I think. But uh, as far as the GCPS goes, I, I kind of went back through. I kind of found matching colors uh, to what I was using before. Thankfully, the the tan, the the primary color for yeah. for all my GCPS, uh, I still had plenty of. Um, so that worked out. And, so I uh, found it. So I found a paint style for you. Yeah. Um, because I know you really dig the the um, contrast paints. Yes. So prime it black, and then do a dry brush gray, and then do a light, uh, a really light gray, almost a white, dry brush on top of that, and then do your co- contrast paints. Hmm. I Quick don't... and easy, and it really pops those highlights. I will have to try that. That does sound pretty cool. I've been. I gave it a shot on uh, some plague models. Okay. Uh, I I wish the contrast pink was brighter. Sure. But it actually worked out pretty quick. Okay. I like, like that. It idea. was it was less than fifteen minutes per model. Wow. That's nice. <laughs> I mean, I still got to do some additional highlights that I want to do, mm-hmm. and like paint the guns and the weapons and stuff separately. But yeah, like getting the base colors on there, a quick and easy, especially like for your Northern Alliance. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to I'll have to give that a shot. I've got uh, a lot of base colors down, but uh, it's definitely definitely something I'll, I'll have to try on kind of like my next model set. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. Um, I mean, because I, I mean that's part of also what we do as far as like we're not on this podcast just because of Dead Zone. I mean, mm-hmm. well, we are, but it's <laughs> also are, the but... side of it. Learning new techniques and figuring out new ways of doing things and watching and listening to other podcasts and YouTube videos mm-hmm. to help people with the ideas on how to get it done. Oh, yeah. And uh, and like like on that front, too, like I've got a whole bunch of terrain, uh, the Corvus or the Tycho uh, Starport terrain that I printed yep. off. I've got that primed uh, and ready ready for painting. Uh, I and I've finally painted like my first like big vehicle for Warpath. As I finally you painted did, a Hornet. and it looked great. Oh, thanks. <laughs> there, there's some parts of it I don't like. Um, specifically, the dark browns didn't turn out the way I wanted because the dark browns I had were all incredibly runny. Uh, the the paints themselves uh, have I think have gone bad, uh, which is a shame. But but otherwise it was I, I modeled it after uh, I think it's called the uh, um, oh gosh it's a Gundam flyer from the original Mobile Suit Gundam. <laughs> uh, of course. Uh, I think it's called a Medea. Um, okay. And uh, so it's it's a predominantly like a tan in the. And the early cartoons practically yellow, uh, yeah, uh, you know, aircraft with like uh, you know cargo crates that it can attach to it that were like green, and so uh, that's that's, that's kind of why you went with green with that. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense now. Yeah, and and it's it's it kind of goes back to um, you know especially with the Gundam paint schemes that I've been doing. Yep. With that old school uh, palette to work with. 
yeah. of, from the 70s and the 80s where those cartoons needed to pop. And so I've got weird color combinations, but when they come together, they, work. they look really nice. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it worked, worked out. Uh, I don't have an airbrush or anything, so uh, I, 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 I always like seeing airbrushed vehicles. I think they always <laughs> just look so much better because I can, I can see the paint brushes, as it were. Yeah, the um, brush strokes. Yeah. But I will say I did break out. I got a nice set of paintbrushes uh, last Christmas. And, oh, okay. and I had been reluctant to use them because they're nice brushes. Um, <laughs> and then I think I was watching um, uh, who who's the guy that's been doing the streaming and did the GCPS. Is, is it Thunder? Thunderforge. Uh, Thunder that's uh, Thunderhead. Thunderhead. Thunderhead Studios. Thunderhead Studios. Uh, I saw. I watched some of his stream and, and saw him painting with the this with brush the speed paints that had like the the sharpest point to it. And mm-hmm. and I was at the time I was like working on my Northern Alliance and I've got I've got an army painter brush, but it's it's been getting frayed and I'm like man it's it's like it's getting into spots that I don't want it to do and then I gotta paint it back over I'm like I should just up my game here i should bite the bullet i should break <laughs> out these nice brushes and start using them and i it, give it a shot it's been uh it's been very nice uh the the extra precision i can get with it has really helped uh these the rest of my gcps force uh really really come together and look nice right on Jack here from Dreadball Commercials. You've seen me. You love me. You know you want me. Here you're listening to Dead Zone, the podcast with Rick and Brian. Don't turn that dial or I'm coming for you. So with that, with the airbrushing, uh, I actually got some helpful tips from Jeff from the Michigan GT podcast. Hmm. Uh, Jeff and I, were we've been talking a lot about airbrushes. Uh, so he asked me, he challenged me to make sure I brought a vehicle the next time we recorded. Ah. Uh, so I brought my tunneler up, um, and he went to town with the airbrush, showing me a couple co- techniques. So 80% of my tunneler for my Veerman list, um, Jeff did with his airbrush. And it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I just hope I can match the colors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's always the, the trick, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he mostly uses uh, Vallejo airbrush paints. Okay. And, like, I use a combination, and actually most of my airbrushing has been done with Monument Hobby paints. Oh, okay. Just thinning those down, because I absolutely love the colors that Monument has. They're just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. I think, I think the other, another last little note on the on the hobby side for, for my Hornet, uh, I did wind up magnetizing the heck out of that thing, <laughs> um, so that the the uh, cargo container uh, I yeah. had I had to get some bigger magnets, uh, ones sure. that are that are probably about the size of um, I guess about a penny, a little under a nickel. Uh, <laughs> they were more expensive than either of those, but uh, yep. the it's my funny local, how that works. my local hobby store had. Had a bunch of has a bunch of magnets uh, for modeling 
available, which is which is nice. Um, right on. As opposed to, you don't get as many as if I were to like order them off Amazon or something. Sure. But I do have like I can see how big they are. <laughs> they, um, well, yeah, and you're also you're supporting that brick and mortar. Exactly. And um, but yeah, I I had fun. I was able to magnetize the uh, and all the weapon options out of the front nozzle as well. Um, that was kind of nice. interesting because the mag- I have little disc magnets. I have one on the inside, and of course I glued it, like <laughs> glued the front on, and I'm like, wait, well now I have to try to get the the uh, you know the stem of these guns in there with a magnet. Yep. Uh, with the proper polarity. <laughs> uh, managed to pull it off. Um, but uh, it was it was kind of a, an adventure there for a second. <laughs> right on. But, uh, but yeah, so I've got a, a nice flexible Hornet then uh, that can that can uh, come come to the field with a couple of different options. I still have one more that's not assembled yet. I, I will say if you are if you are going to be painting, uh, these kits, uh, with like the Hornet in particular, uh, it has like some some rotary fan blades that kind of get lodged yep. within the structure. I recommend painting them before assembling, for at least parts of this uh, thing. Painting after assembly leads to some challenging uh, situations. Yeah, uh, I was that that was the lucky part with like my tunneler. Mm-hmm. Um, I assembled it, but it's assembled in three pieces because gotcha. of the tunneler, you can take the, um, the gear piece on the front off. Right. And then of course the rear end of it. So it's three pieces. Luckily I didn't glue those together. Cause that was the first thing Jeff said when I brought it, it was like, God, I wish you had not assembled this. And I was like, actually this breaks apart. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I gotta say the uh, the vehicle models from Mantic are absolutely are pretty, amazing, pretty awesome. I haven't the only one I'm I don't know much about is like the Chroma one uh, for the Assyrians. Yeah, I, yeah. it looks kind of fiddly. Uh, just just like the shape of it looks like it could be difficult to like uh, keep together. I don't know, <laughs> but but I I've, I've seen people field them, so cool. Well, yeah. Um, and it's I'll really unique. Nick. Nick's got like three of them. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but cool. And then uh, I've I've got it as a as a little uh, footnote in my my notes here uh, for the show. So one one project I don't think we'll have time to really go into depth on it today. Um, but one one thought I had because I'm always coming up with these ideas. Uh, yep. It, it sparked me uh, a while back that you know people were, with all these new players coming in, there was a lot of people going like, man, I gotta I gotta put together this specific dead zone terrain in order to play dead zone. Yeah. And I just like one night I was like, well, what if you did this or what if you did why, uh, to terrain you might already have, and um, and and I'll just I'll just say that uh, it involves. Uh, using different options for like chalking the uh, the grid basically onto uh, existing terrain. Oh um, yeah. Because ultimately the thing you need to do. I'll keep this part quick because uh, I know we're we've got limited time for this uh, recording. 
Yes, we do. Is, <laughs> is, uh, is that you basically just have to establish what you want for your height. Uh, to be like, okay, at this height, at this level, this is, you're at the next level. The rest of it is just establishing where that grid lands uh, so you know what's, what space you have available in it. Uh, yeah. And so the two, the two quick ideas I had, I guess I'll do the whole thing, is to chalk, you know, just use chalk to outline where you want your grid uh, okay. on, on a piece like, say, Necromunda te- terrain or... Oh, sure. Uh, anything like that, even in a, like a forest or something, you could just a little chalk outline. Now I don't know; some materials might not take to chalk very well. Um, so my second uh, uh, idea was, well, what if you just had red string, and you just thread, uh, you know, t- you know, tape underneath or something like that, this thread that establishes your your cube. Uh, cube. And you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a quick way to do it. Yeah. Um, so that was just a quick thought that I had and I wanted to get out there. I, I thought about doing a whole video on it. And then I'm like, I don't actually have any red thread or chalk <laughs> <laughs> or terrain. That's not. Well, yeah, <laughs> like you're, you're talking about this and I'm in the back of my head. I'm going, well, yeah, I can try that with. Oh, wait, that's dead zone. <laughs> I could try it with that. No, that's uncertain scenery. It's already set up for Dead Zone. Uh, I could do it on that. Nope, that's printed fourth. Yeah, I don't have any sci-fi <laughs> terrain that's not Dead Zone. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a handful of pieces that are that are close to Dead Zone in scale, with just like some small pieces that don't quite fit. And yeah, uh, and you know, for for local gaming, it's it's fine. I think to just you just mark off where the lines are. And sure. you're good to go. Um, but yeah, so that was, wanted to get that out there as, as Brian's crazy idea for the month. Brian's <laughs> crazy idea. Uh, so also, real quick, before we jump off today, um, we have a new podcast in the stream. Yeah. The the Mantic Universe podcast by Chris and Clem. Which is super cool because they're not they're not doing it like counter charge or like ourselves where counter charge mm-hmm. is all Kings of war and pretty much fantasy based. Mm-hmm. We of course are the Warpath world with dead zone being our main game. They are doing all of the Mantic games. Yeah. Yeah. They, which I think they, is really cool. They've got topics on dead zone, firefight, Kings of war, uh, Vanguard. I know they talked a bit about Armada in their first yep. episode. Uh, they're really kind of going across the the whole gamut, and um, you know we got to, to chat with them a little bit, and uh, it's it's really uh, exciting to see another another podcast, you know, kind of continuing to build that community. Um, I I know Clem is, uh, I believe they're they're I forget if they're both based out of Germany. Uh, I think Clem was, and um, yeah, and so it's a it's a European podcast, but. Uh, you know, really, really great. A uh, couple of guys talking about their their different games. I know they're they're gonna be working through their. You know, it's their first podcast, um, so definitely send them some love. Uh, their their I think their main posting is on Buzzsprout. Um, yep. We'll be linking to this in the show notes. Uh, but they also have a Facebook group that they set up. And uh, and then the and I've seen the podcast uh, pop up on my 
you know, general like podcast aggregator feed thing. So, so you can find them. Uh, they do some longer episodes. I think the first one was about two and a half hours. Um, and, uh, so it's a, it's a good one to, to put down while you're, you're hobbying and, uh, yeah, definitely give them a, a listen and we'll, we'll definitely be in touch with them, uh, going forward in the future. Right on. And I think well, we have, I think that one last thing. What do we got? What do we got? We hinted at it in part one, <laughs> but we have, uh, we have brought back the dead zone, the podcast merch. Finally. Yes, we have. <laughs> we, we've, uh, we've set up a store on Zazzle. Um, and I'll, I'll be linking to this, uh, and adding it into like the footer of every show going forward from here. Um, but we, we have a bunch of different products up on there right now that you can go check out. We have t-shirts, we have, uh, we have a trucker hat, <laughs> playing cards. Mugs. uh, we've got playing cards. Yeah, that was, that was a fun one that they have. We got buttons, stickers, mouse pads, uh, and, a, and a whole bunch more things. Uh, it's right now it's going to be our logo. Uh, so definitely go pick that up. Uh, and, and I gotta say that that logo looks so clean yes. uh, on there. And, uh, and we definitely have some ideas for, for some future products uh, yes. to go on there. So uh, keep, a, keep a lookout on that. Uh, ultimately, it just kind of helps us uh, cover the cost of, of the show. So that's ultimately where the proceeds go. We're, yep. not, we're not making a, a you know, no, bank on No, everything goes back anyway. into the show. <laughs> yep, it all, all goes towards uh, the, the show and increasing the quality thereof. So uh, definitely... Hop on there and, and check out some merch. And of course, with that, also check us out on all the social media outlets. Yes. You know, all of them. <laughs> the social the social medias. We're on Facebook. We're on Discord. Uh, we're we're on. So you can YouTube. listen to this on Spotify if you're not there already. YouTube. Uh, Rick has a TikTok that's incredibly successful. <laughs> uh, well, it's mildly successful. We can live stream off of it. We can live stream on TikTok. Um, potentially at some point we'll get back on our Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're doing it. And we're of course Facebook. It. Yep, and I'm trying to, to be a little bit more active on the on the Twitter side as well, uh, sharing sharing all sorts of stuff and and keeping that community going. So oh, yeah, Instagram. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in, engage with us on any of these platforms, and we will try to get back to you uh, as soon as we can. Right on. So, yeah. Well, and I think with that, I guess I have to go back to work. Yeah. Because, you know, real world things. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great evening. Have a good night. All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's different. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not a fan. I prefer when we record in person, but oh my god, scheduling sucks. Yeah, I was I was debating is like, oh, I could come early on the Saturday. <laughs> uh, um, except for that Saturday is a volleyball tournament. 
which worked out that I wasn't going to do that then because I was like, we'll do it early and then I'll post it before we go and start a firefight. I'm like, before we that, start playing. that won't happen. Uh, uh, no. no. 